Hello, greetings. You're listening to the series, A Chat with the CEO on the Breakthrough channel. I'm your host, Kaustub Hanmankad, the CEO of Breakthrough. And we have with us today, Jonas Prasanna, the international HR business partner at Boeing. He has been identified as one among the top 20 HR influencers on social media by SHRM India and Economic Times. Jonas, welcome. It's exciting to have you on the podcast today. Thank you, Kao. It's exciting to be here, to be part of this podcast. Excellent. To all the listeners, before we start off, a quick disclaimer. All the views expressed here are personal opinions and beliefs of Jonas and not representative of the policy or position of Boeing and or any of its affiliates, subsidiaries, or associates. And the content shared is not intended to malign any religion, ethnic groups, gender, organization, individual, or anyone or anything. So Jonas, we're going to explore something that I know you're very passionate about, the whole concept of employee engagement. What about the topic are you so passionate about? For me, engagement is more than just a HR process. It is a human process. As a result of it being a human process, human beings are emotional. Human beings mm. are not rational. So having a rational view towards how to approach engagement, that is X plus Y is equal to Z, may not always work. And that is what organizations have been struggling to solve for over the last 30 years. If you look at the active disengagement population, which is hovering around 15 to 20%, of people who are actively Mm. disengaged and people who are partially disengaged, the needle hasn't really moved in terms of the disengagement and uh, transferring it to engagement. So we are trying to solve for something which is uh, completely a human process by using very rational terms. And uh, it's a hard problem to solve because, you know, that's what makes it exciting. And that's why I'm so passionate about engagement. Amazing. You mentioned something very interesting, right? Like there's a clear distinction between active disengaged employees and also just disengaged employees and then highly engaged employees. And you're right in saying there's a peak on um, research, which is as recent as January 2020. I think it surveyed around over 80 million recipients across 160 countries. And I think it said nearly a 59% of the people surveyed were um, disengaged. And among this, you can categorize it by actively disengaged and just disengaged employees. So you mentioned about actively disengaged employees. What does that mean? So these are people who are not aligned to what the organization is trying to deliver. They're not Mm. aligned with respect to what their values and beliefs are. And as a result of which, it impacts their performance. It impacts their ability to be productive and overall is a big strain on the organization. So those, cate- those category of people would be the actively disengaged. You know, the study, that PECON study that you're referring to, where there's 59% of people who are disengaged, all of us, to some extent, are also disengaged. There are multiple studies which says half the population treats their job as a job and half of them treat it as a career. Mm-hmm. And that's a big difference. When you treat it as a career, you are invested emotionally, physically into the success of yourself as well as the organization. You are, in a sense, if I were to say what is an engaged employee, you are literally capturing their hearts and minds and Mm. you're focusing it on how much they love the organization. So that would be my definition of of engagement. Amazing. I'm sure you're aware of it. Like there's 
everybody has been talking about employee engagement recently and especially when we look at this whole season when uh, we've been working remotely this has been fairly up in the forefront i just want to understand from your perspective what all goes into creating an engaged employee to have somebody who's highly engaged first and foremost you know for an employee to be highly engaged i personally believe they need to experience random acts of leadership now what does random acts of leadership mean this is when your manager actively reaches out to you ask what are you working on what are the challenges that you face how can i solve for you not just dictating tasks and actions and deliverables but is really concerned about your welfare that for me is a random act of leadership and that is one of the important drivers of engagement the second act of engagement is in terms of alignment mm-hmm. uh, of your personal beliefs with what the organization is trying to to solve for for example i have a personal belief that i don't want to work for a bank why is that because i believe banks are just you know instruments of creating wealth uh, it's not mm. really servicing society so i want to join a company that you know impacts society impacts the world at large so that drives my decision making so mm. no matter how engaged environment that the bank offers i will not be truly engaged because there is a misalignment with my values and mm. last but not least in terms of policies perks that impact the individual does the individual have a say in it that's third element in terms of what makes an engaged employee excellent so i just want to like explore this a little bit more if i may yeah there is a fair amount of individual narratives that go into whether a person is engaged or a person may not be engaged am i right in saying that So now from an organization perspective it can be quite a tricky situation to say how do we build engagement across all levels especially when we start looking at organizations today which are 15000 20000 employees and spread across different parts of the world there is a culture that is relatively consistent across the whole firm internationally but mm. then when we come to engaged employees i would imagine the level of engagement that is demonstrated in different geographies or even different units might be significantly different mm-hmm. okay what do you feel causes that i would take leaf out of marketing's hat mm-hmm. so the way marketing looks at its consumer population if you are selling a product and if you have a marketing firm they categorize people into personas a persona is essentially how an individual interacts with a particular brand what are their habits where are they consuming information etc so if you use the same persona lens towards looking at your population you will find success the trap that we fall into is we define our employed population by the levels or roles so if i am an individual contributor i would behave this way if i am a manager i would be this way and if i am an executive i would you know behave this way but even in the individual contributors there are people who are adopters people who will you know wait for things to be tested and then adopt a solution uh, and there are also laggards similarly across different levels and these mm-hmm. cut across different levels 
So the way that on the specific question on how you have an overarching employee culture, you know, mm. that is at an enterprise level, and then you also have regional nuances. Now, the challenge that leaders have is to assimilate people into, you know, the overall culture of the organization. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, just look at it like, you know, cells in your body. You have mm. the larger over, overarching cell. If the cells see you as a virus, <laughs> then mm-hmm. it will instantly reject you. But if it sees you as somebody part of the ecosystem, then it welcomes you. So the key aspect about looking at engagement is first uh, is primarily on the safety. You know, are mm. employees feeling safe? in your environment? Do they have the ability to share uh, their voice, their opinion, etc.? The second element of this is belonging. Now, when I mm-hmm. say belonging, it is, am I part of the larger ecosystem? Or do I see myself as part of the tribe? Mm. And the third aspect is mattering, where I believe the actions that I do are contributing to the larger organization. So mm. if leaders, even if at a smaller regional site or at a regional level, are able to imbibe these three elements, safety, belonging, and mattering, then there will be a greater degree of assimilation to the larger enterprise culture. Amazing. I feel like this ties in a little bit more on a broader scale with Maslow's hierarchy of needs as well, right? Like when we talk about the movement from safety to transformation, this is fantastic. Now, coming back to the engaged employee, like in all honesty, from Breakthrough's perspective, we get a lot of calls from teams which say, hey, we want to do an employee engagement program or employee engagement workshop. Mm -hmm. And very often, like a lot of my conversations with quite a few of the HR folks has seen approaching employee engagement with a sort of way where like, you know, when you have blinders put on a horse, you know, let's do a survey, let's get an idea of what is the employee satisfaction around going on. Mm. And then let's do workshops to address it. Or in Mm. some cases, very often, let's do a series of workshops happening because we have an employee engagement survey coming up. You know, Mm. so the employee engagement has become a metric. Mm. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. So this is a bit radical, but I feel if your engagement survey is not done with the right intention, then it's Mm. a colossal waste of time, energy and money for the organization. If it is a checkbox activity saying that, you know, I've launched an employee survey and as a result of which I will have high engagement, that is absolutely incorrect. The purpose of the survey is to identify some of the symptoms. It is not the problem. So typically what happens is that organizations get into this reactive mode of, yeah, my survey says rewards and recognition is a problem. We need to increase Mm. cash recognition. Now, rewards and recognition, what the survey is telling you is rewards and recognition is a problem. It's a symptom but it is not the actual root cause of the problem. So the way I would interpret it is if rewards and recognition is a problem, the thing is you're trying to 
broad stroke it and saying that everybody likes rewards and recognition in a common way mm-hmm. you're not looking at it from an individual's perspective because there are some individuals which don't want public praise they want praise at the moment they achieve a particular task or an item so mm. when we do the action planning as a result of the engagement survey each leader needs to follow a 1 to 3 approach identify one issue two actions to address the mm. issue and three times to go back to your team and ask them if they have solved the issue don't try to solve the world identify right. what is important one issue two actions and three times that you visit that topic get feedback from people during this activity you will come to know what people are appreciative of and what they are not and that directly impacts engagement i love this i love the concept of 1 2 3 just out of curiosity would you be okay to share an example of what this might look like i mean it doesn't have to be a real life one but just a hypothetical one just take the whole concept of rewards and recognition hmm. and see if you can break this down into this pattern what would that look like okay i'll tell you about an issue that i i faced in my career mm-hmm. so employees wanted to have a say you know the policies and benefits of the organization and this was a big engagement driver because management also felt that employees need to have a say because typically in any organization it is top down the leadership decides what are the policies legal then reviews whether it's it's possible or not and then finally finance approves because some of these have a cost element to it for sure yeah yeah but this time we said that in order to increase engagement we also need to get the voice of people on the ground mm. and when we opened it up we got a whole list of suggestions things that we needed to do and some of them were not possible you know we couldn't just do it because it made no financial sense hmm. so we narrowed it down to one topic and one of these things that we have done was giving flexibility for people to select the public holidays that they wanted to take off mm-hmm. now you know in india we have so many different religions so many different holidays that support mm-hmm. some of these religions now it's unfair to individuals who don't practice these religions to be asked to take off and when their festivals are happening uh, they are forced to come to the office because it's not declared as a holiday so we gave that flexibility for two holidays out of you know the 11 or 12 holidays that you get in a year two holidays that can be flexible so you can mm-hmm. choose these two holidays to actually take it on the day that you require and on this festival that you are celebrating no questions asked excellent uh, and that drove you know tremendous engagement with people it's not a big deal for the organization in terms of from an implementation point of view but mm. what this enabled for the organization and this is coming back to my earlier point allowing people to have an input you know to your policies and perks that impact them Mm-hmm. now you don't need to give them cash awards but if you do it in this way they feel included they feel that they have been taken care of and that ultimately drives engagement 
Excellent. Thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, I think one of the things that really comes out from for me is the conversation around engagement has tremendous benefits. Like whether we're talking about productivity, whether we're talking about lower absenteeism, higher retention. There's a Gallup study which talked about linking engagement to increase in profitability as well. So when we're talking with these kind of benefits, what do you feel makes an organization or people in the leadership put less weightage on building a culture of engagement? So one of the primary reasons that I believe is that what gets measured gets done. Mm -hmm. And if you look at any company's annual reports, Mm. is engagement measured? Right. So what is measured is your cost, your profit, your operations cost, your assets, etc. And that is what leaders are getting evaluated on. Now, if you actively list engagement or other drivers that impact people, like, for example, diversity and inclusion, then Mm -hmm. those get tracked, those get measured, and those get acted on. So that's number one. For a culture, there are different quotes that go out, culture eats strategy for breakfast, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, all of those things. But it's important from a culture building perspective that you are able to make people feel included, the whole safety, belonging, and mattering element. If those elements are taken care by leaders, this is not a HR activity. And engagement Mm -hmm. is not something HR can do for employees. If we as leaders are able to provide that environment where employees can generate it for themselves, then I would say your engagement, your culture, both go hand in hand, which will drive the benefits that you have uh, stated. Mm. So just if I may summarize what you just shared, is one of the challenges on even why it's not measured necessarily at a leadership level, like if we have to look at it from the annual reports or uh, the sharing of the financials, like financials get most of the attention. Yeah, And this happens to be a derivative rather than a direct depictor. Hmm. And similar to what you were talking about, even the inclusion element, right? Like the derivatives don't tend to really get their time in the spotlight as much. Yeah. It's just it helps you to differentiate your company from mm. the rest of the, the pack because that is an intangible that is very difficult to replicate. And smart companies have used that to their advantage. Now, when you look at Google, for example, beyond search and, you know, Mm. Gmail, you talk about the company facilities, the culture, you know, the free food, all of that. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, that's what people remember, but it's that unique culture that they have created where you can create stuff, you know, at your own time and the company will back you up. Right. Uh, you know, those elements are difficult to create. So it can be a very important differentiator when it comes to companies uh, pitching for work and getting work. Definitely. I think that's spot on on that. Like I think friends of mine who work at Google, I hear more about all the other fun elements of 
working with Google rather than directly the work. I mean, that's also got, probably got to do with the fact <laughs> that I don't understand technology as much, but it creates a sense of pride, yeah. you know, belong to that environment. So now moving from there in terms of like an action from here, right? We've identified the criticality of why it's important. Like, what does it even mean? I think it eventually ties down to what do we get people to do? How do people build a culture of highly engaged employees? So you touched upon it a little bit earlier, you know, like focusing mm-hmm. on safety, the belonging part, and even making sure that people understand that they matter. Mm-hmm. And I think we also talked about a little bit in terms of random acts of leadership, creating alignment, the policies and perks. But let's assume you have a situation where you've been brought in as an advisor to a firm where they're struggling with engaging their employees consistently. Mm-hmm. What would you suggest should be their starting point in terms of reversing this trend or changing this narrative? Yeah. So the starting point, I would say, is an element of quantitative as well as qualitative assuming mm-hmm. you know this company would have done an engagement survey if they have not then we recommend doing an engagement survey and not a very lengthy one you know it could right. be just uh, 10 questions on what are the important uh, areas that you are looking at mm. the quantitative element will tell you the symptoms now based on that you should also have the qualitative element in terms of focus groups mm-hmm. where you are able to understand and pick up hints which mm. are not otherwise stated. You know, your body language communicates 70% of what you want to say. Mm. So if individuals, I'll give you an example. If individuals mm-hmm. are hesitant to talk about management, they are trying to tell you with their body, but their words will be completely different. Mm. So through these, a combination of interventions, you will need to figure out what is the problem. And at an org level, you know, I would say not more than three problems you need to focus on. Mm. At a team level, only one problem. Wow, Um, yeah. Don't focus on solving the world or churning the ocean. It will not really work. If you're focused on one thing, two actions, three times, that is a good recipe to build confidence in the system Mm. in terms of, okay, these guys are actually listening to what I'm saying. They might not be able to solve everything, but they're heading in the right direction. That would be the first, you know, the couple of things that I would do. And Mm -hmm. then for culture to truly change, just think of it like a parent and a child relationship. It Mm -hmm. needs constant reinforcement. Now you can say the right things as a parent, But if you don't back it up with actions, your child will copy your actions. Right. So the onus is on leaders to say that, okay, I have an open door policy. You better role model open door policy and make yourself Mm. vulnerable in front of your employees. And when they see that, they will also in turn adopt it. The key success factor for me would be uh, leadership role modeling what they are trying to achieve. Excellent. How do you measure this? Even the role modeling element is essentially, at least on a surface level, quite intangible. Mm-hmm. You can have like the open door policy is like saying, yeah, yeah, my door is really open. That's, <laughs> I can see that. 
but the purpose of the open door policy is to foster vulnerability foster openness which is what let's assume that the team has said that they need how do you measure that part would it be subsequent surveys or what would you recommend the way i would look at it would be not to pulse people frequently mm-hmm. so there needs to be obviously a window i think yearly pulsing of people is also too frequent be at least at a minimum biannual because you're talking about real change in in culture and that mm. ha- doesn't happen in three quarters <laughs> it takes for time for sure yeah it takes time it is also indicative if i were to take care of open door policy you know i would look at one way in terms of if you have a strong ethics and grievance redressal mechanism mm. if there are people who are getting retaliated you know who are mm. speaking out because of retaliation it's never a direct measure so just saying that here i did this survey and the next survey that i do i see a 10% increase no sometimes these things can be manipulated but mm. if you see actions that are indicative again symptoms of problem persisting then you know that you know the safety element is not you know in place if you see instances of retaliation etc so that's where the role of hr comes into the picture right. where you are the eyes and ears of the organization and you are able to sense that this is something that's happening and all of us get that sense so mm. we can bring it with data with instances that are supporting or not supporting the efforts Uh, that you're trying to drive from an engagement level so i have one more question on this is do you think these methods or these steps would differ based on the size of the company or the tenure of the firm like how old the firm is what about the variables that come into play or do you think this is universal for pretty much any firm any size anywhere yeah the key thing is to break it into chunks into small bite size the challenge that most organizations especially large organizations face is that they try to do one size fit all which is never really the solution so i would say you empower your managers to take those actions that impact their team and the rest of the things will get sorted out you know by themselves for startups and this is something that i've noticed you know when mm-hmm. startups tend to scale when you were a small startup 15 20 30 people you had mm-hmm. the opportunity to go and talk to people and yeah. know what is happening and make course corrections etc now when you are 300 people that becomes a challenge so founders and startups etc they try to go through that particular route of you know talking to people but mm. unfortunately for them the people that they talk to are part of their inner circle right you know unless you make that conscious effort to go out there and talk to every person in your organization so when i was at philips one of the ceos uh, in philips innovation campus actually made it a point to have his lunch with a new person every day wow whenever he was in office so he would not sit with his management team he would go pick up any random person and have a conversation with that person you can vice versa even though you're a large organization adopt some of the practices of startups and startups also can adopt some of the practices of larger organizations 
it eventually boils down to the intentionality that the leadership demonstrates Absolutely. to say that this this is important for us there's a lot of tools that are coming out in the market from an employee engagement perspective like hr tech has become quite a big space so what are your thoughts on it because i have checked out a few of them and like i love the comprehensiveness that they bring in but my understanding of using all of these tools like whether it's apps whether it's bots is they tend to rely relatively heavier on the quantitative side so i wanted to hear your thoughts on it like have you used any of these what has your experience been so it's a mixed bag mm-hmm. you know there are organizations that uh, swear by the effectiveness of these tools you know as a way of pulse checking your organization at a massive scale so some of these ai tools frequently check in with with your employee base and ask them questions and try to analyze the responses what happens is that if you are entirely reliant on this tool mm-hmm. then you might miss out on the actions that you as a leader need to take or you as a hr need to intervene right you talked about intentionality costum at the crux of it engagement is a human activity it's between two irrational human beings who sometimes <laughs> don't see eye to eye yeah and the only way that you can build trust you can build confidence safety belonging and mattering is as a leader you are able to check in you are able to have those intimate conversations with your team to understand what they are going through what are their aspirations what did they like to achieve and then help them on that journey and the rest of the things take care of it by itself you know that's my firm belief these things need to be uh, there and sometimes when people are labeled as disengaged mm-hmm. it's not a bad thing Mm. because they are seeking something better they might be dissatisfied with the current situation and they are seeking mm. something better they are not disengaged from the traditional sense of it so got, if you are able to help them in that disengaged element then they can be highly productive there have been numerous cases that i have seen in my professional career where a person who was reporting to one manager changes his or her reporting to another person or goes to another team and there is a complete turnaround so it's not that the person is disengaged and therefore unproductive they are dissatisfied with the current state of things whatever that may be if you change the circumstance for them or provide them what they are seeking you will have an engaged employee excellent yeah that makes a lot of sense because initially when you said that it may not necessarily be a bad thing i was like Hmm, I wonder where Jonas is leading with this. But I think once you explain that makes a lot of sense. Like I think I've encountered that example innumerable times where people have moved teams or people have moved to a different process or even a different yeah. project and you suddenly have like hey where is this person hiding? Yeah. Awesome. So Jonas before we wrap up I have three questions for you. one is three books that you would recommend for leaders to read two quotes that inspire you 
And one question you think leaders should be asking themselves in relation to engagement. So the three books that I would uh, recommend leaders to read is Scott Adams' book, the the guy who created Billboard, How to mm-hmm. Fail at Almost Everything and Still Win Big. That's yeah, fantastic. It's an amazing book and highly enjoyable read. The second one is Atomic Habits by yeah. James Clear. Fabulous book. It talks about systems. One of my habits, favorites. Then then goals. And the third one is. unconventional book it's an autobiography of andre agassi called mm-hmm. open you know i thought this was something that felt appropriate for the topic that we are discussing andre mm. agassi hated tennis <laughs> but he was so incredibly wow. good at it so uh, you know engagement at work yeah. is busted in this particular book <laughs> <laughs> yeah in the most obvious sense right like i dislike the game that i'm spectacular at exactly yeah So those are and the three books. Excellent. Thank you. The two quotes. The two quotes that kind of resonated with me is again taken from Atomic Habits, you don't rise to mm-hmm. the level of your goals, you fall to the level of your systems. Which is yeah. essentially your systems. If you follow your system, you will achieve success and goal is you know something far away. There is a mm. probability of success, there is a probability of failure, but you are constantly searching for that whether it be successful or not but if you follow your system you achieve your success you are happy and then you keep doing it and the second one is there's a lot of good waiting for you on the other side of being tired <laughs> oh wow That's who is it by so this is andre agassi he, okay. he he writes it in his book excellent i think just a note on the quote that you shared by james clear is i think yeah. that is do a lot of work with national cricket academy bcci yeah. the under 19 under 23s and i remember the first conversation i was having with rahul dravid that's his mantra right like saying stick to the process focus on getting better constantly and the outcomes will follow and i think that's the same principle even bob bowman used when he was coaching michael phelps yeah fantastic so now the last point is the one question that leaders should be asking themselves when it comes to engagement so again i'd like to take the example of kids because i have two of mm-hmm. them kids <laughs> are so accustomed to a continual stream of praise and criticism yeah you know, they're very happy when they do something right or you criticize them or you scold them if they do something wrong but the opposite is true for adults you know adults and people who in the uh, then the workforce can go many weeks without a compliment while enduring mm. the harsh criticisms both at work and at home so adults are mm-hmm. kind of starved for a kind word so mm. what i would say to managers is understand the power of honest praise as opposed right. to flattery or any of those things and you realize that withholding praise is borders on being immoral so if mm. you see something that impresses you just praise the individual excellent at, yeah at that moment because that timing makes a big difference for the individual mm. so i would say that is one easy trick or not a trick but uh, an easy act of humanity mm. <laughs> that will uh, enable you to have an engaged for sure i yeah. completely agree with that i think we could all use a bit more affirmations in our lives yeah Excellent. Jonas, 
Thank you so much for taking the time out to share your thoughts. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Costa. It was a pleasure. I'm so excited to be part and create something along with you and Breakthrough. So thank you so much. Definitely. And to our listeners, once again, thank you so much for tuning in to our conversation with Jonas and just exploring different aspects of what it means to build a culture of engaged employees and certain myths that we busted. Till next time, stay safe. We're going to have another speaker coming soon. Have a great time.